Welcome to Fireside Nets, your place for Nets news, information, reactions, breakdowns, discussions about the trade deadline, and so much more. I'm Spen. He's Pete. Pete, how are you doing on this Monday night? Uh, I would have been a lot better if we just didn't just throw away the game in the second half. But, you know, if you look at it as throwing away... You look at it as throwing away. I look at it like we didn't even show up. We we showed up for the first half. We said, let's give effort. The second half, we didn't show up. Any any thoughts on that? We're going to get into it in a second. This is episode 185 of Fireside Nets. Um, I'm, I'm pretty juiced up uh, in a bad way. That was wow. as abysmal a loss at home on the front end of a back-to-back as you can have. Uh, I don't care that Ben Simmons did not play today. I don't care that Lonnie Walker got hurt. We'll get into it. Uh, Just a really, really atrocious loss if you're the Brooklyn Nets at home against a Warriors team that a lot of their players should be in the G League. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Podzinski's a rookie. If he were on the Nets, he would not be playing as much as he does in the Warriors. He'd probably be in the G League. This guy, Santos, did you know about him, Pete? Did you know about G Santos before tonight? I did not. That is someone I did not know about. Go ahead and educate me, sir. Listen, I don't know about him either, but I know he had nine nine points in 18 minutes. He was a plus 13. He had six rebounds. Uh, the Warriors as a team had 60 rebounds. The Nets had 38. The final score was 109-98. Warriors, um, Nets fall to 20 and 29. Pete, like why? Like why? You know, I started out this Monday positively at work. It, with my wife, with my family, it's, it was a good Monday up until that second half. So explain to me, because you're a basketball guy. You're, 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 Am you I? love the sport. You are. I think you are. Would you call yourself a basketball guy? I guess you would say so. What happened <laughs> in this game? Why did we suck so badly in the second half? Just just talk to me a little bit. A little bit. Uh, I'm going to completely disagree with you. They did show up. I guess I have to agree they showed up for one half. We had a six-point lead going to halftime. Uh, I, I just don't know what happened in the second half. We shot 27% in the third quarter. It was a 32-22 to 22 third quarter for Golden State. No one scored over 20 for us. And uh, Cam Thomas had a, one of those really bad games when he says, oh, you know, one day I could, you know, make all my shots. Well, this is one of the days there where he pretty much missed all of his shots. And that's it. Yeah. Well, and he up. wasn't he wasn't the only one who struggled tonight, right? So Cam was cold. I, I mean, four of twenty-one from the field, Reason. zero of six from three. Just couldn't couldn't get anything going. And then on top of that, he was in foul trouble. You, you know, we, we came into tonight, Pete, and and obviously we all know who Steph Curry is, right? Everyone in the fucking world knows who Steph Curry is. He's probably the best point guard in the last 20, 25 years. Most would say. Cam Close. Thomas has really burst onto the NBA scene these last few weeks. I mean, Nets fans obviously know what he's capable of on a nightly basis, but you look at this matchup, you think Warriors team not as good this year. You know, Nets team struggling, but picking it up as of late. This could be a duel between Cam Thomas and Steph Curry. Absolutely was not the case. 
Thomas got 10 of his 18 points at the line. Just not a good night for him. And then on top of that, Pete, if he's going to suck, if Cam Thomas is going to be cold offensively, you can live with that if you're Brooklyn. But you can't live with that if Mikael Bridges is also going to be an ice bucket. He was 5 of 15 from the field, 1 of 7 from 3. I think that snapped his his 12-game streak of uh, two or more threes made. So that you hated to see that. And I think, Pete, the thing that pissed me off the most was – this was a close game in the fourth quarter. Cam Thomas stayed aggressive and he missed. Whenever whenever he you know took a shot, he missed, but he was still aggressive. I did not see Mikael Bridges touch this motherfucking basketball down the stretch in this game. Why? I have no idea. That that's that's part of his game. Sometimes he just disappears, right? What did he shoot today? Five of 15, one of seven from three. Uh it's just it's just ridiculous how he could put up such a great game, put up me 40 points against one team, and then you have a fourth quarter that reminds you that he is a number two, right? He he is a number two, but he's also one of the more clutch players in the league. And, and you know the old saying, you you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I don't even care if he misses shots. Take those shots, right? Like in the fourth quarter, you're, you're supposed to be one of the two guys. And – you know, credit to Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal had, what, four threes in that fourth quarter. He finished with 15 points. Um, he was our only source of offense down down the stretch in this ballgame. So I, I was just – I was grossed out by, obviously, what Cam and McHale did tonight. Um, Nick Claxton, 15 points, only five rebounds for Clax. You know, his night basically, and it, it was uh, a, a microcosm how he got ejected. Brandon Pazinski beat Nick Claxton to a loose, a loose ball, you know, a rebound, which is something I should never say. I should never say Pazinski is getting a, a rebound over Nick Claxton, but that's what happened. Claxton did not box out. Pazinski was in the right position. Claxton reacted, kind of lost it for a second and, and, and tossed uh, Pazinski to the ground. He gets the flagrant two. He gets ejected. In a game where, you know, Draymond Green and Kayvon Looney were the only two big men that played for the Warriors, I need to see Claxton do more. I need to see him be more involved on the glass. I, I don't know. I, and, and it was yeah, just gross how he got kicked out. Seven blocks. Yeah. I got seven blocks. Okay, maybe he didn't get three. How many more rebounds did you want? Should he have gotten more rebounds? Yes. Was he ejected a little bit early? Yes. You know, I agree what you're saying. We'd like to see more rebounds. In reality, like the guy got seven fucking blocks. He eliminated seven shots. That that's ridiculous. Yeah, you're you're right. You're reminding me about the blocks, Pete. And this is why I love you, because I think about that last play, but there was a whole three, three and a half quarters he played before then. Uh absolutely. Those those blocks you know, at one point when the Nets couldn't get offense going in the third quarter, Claxton's blocks kept us in this game. So I will give him credit on the defensive end. You are right there, sir. Good point. But we needed him down the stretch, and 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 he lost it for a second. He gets ejected. We lose our big man. Um, on a night where the Warriors shot 18%, Pete, from three-point land, we lost by 11 points. Yeah, that's bad. I can't, uh, I can't – I cannot defend any of that whatsoever. Prayers up to Lonnie Walker. Lonnie's hamstring tightened. Uh, Jay from BK, former guest of the pod, 
he had tweeted, he heard Lonnie Walker, I guess he's at the game or he was at the game tonight. He heard Lonnie Walker go to the locker room, cursing up a storm. You know, it's one thing with, with Cam and Mikhail being cold, but Lonnie's our third source of offense. So you lose him. Once, once I read that, Pete, I had a tough time thinking we were going to win tonight. Oh, absolutely. If you're going to make a comeback, right, that's the guy that you're probably going to need. You're going to, because this team doesn't score, you're going to need Bridges, you're going to need Thomas, and you're going to need Walker to probably have some type of performance, right? And with Walker gone, you know, it sucks. We've seen how the team struggles, and we've also seen how much better they can play when Walker and Ben Simmons are on the, or eh, when Walker and Ben Simmons are playing. So it's, it sucks, man. We just can't get a complete team here. It does suck. It, it fucking blows. Uh, before we, we stop talking about this game, we get into the trade deadline and there were some very interesting sound bites. Uh, what we're going to discuss that Mike Scotto gave us with Megan triplet before the game. Um, Cam Johnson and Spencer Dinwiddie. I want to talk about these two for a second. Cam okay. Johnson. It's so weird. He never gives you a full game. He gives you a quarter here, here and there where he hits some shots. He finished with 13 points. I feel like in eight rebounds, I feel like he, he had 10 points in the first half. Um, something weird about just his game being so inconsistent. It, it bothers me. And then, yeah, let, let's start there. Any thoughts on, on Cam Johnson's game tonight and just his recent play as of late? Uh, I, I kind of, bro, you kind of nail it like right on the head, right? Like he shows up for a couple quarters maybe hits a couple clutch threes, and then all of a sudden he just disappears. The only thing I could kind of say to all this is everyone's going to knock the contract, right, especially after a game like today. But uh, they're paying him to be someone that's going to be better in the future, right? They're paying him who he's going to be and not who he is now. And uh, there's the growing pains. And hopefully you get to that playoff series, CJ, that we saw last year, right? That this, These are the growing pains. That's what we all want to see as Nets fans. Um, that CJ, I do give CJ credit. He convinced Jacques Vaughn to challenge two plays. I think both in the second quarter. Twice. Yes, and and Vaughn won both challenges, which was awesome. He just. By the way, no, I got to say something about this. Yeah, I thought that was really big that Jacques Vaughn did that because he's kind of been a little lackadaisical, right? He's kind of been shitting on the players in these press conferences after games. So for him to have a player say, do it, do it, do it, do it, and he actually does it, I, I think that will buy him a little bit of grace in the locker room. Do you think so, or am I just harping on that a little bit? I thought about that. No, I, I think that, you know, he and they had the – what's up? He needs it. He needs all the grace he could get. They had Cam Johnson's, like, they, the video caught what he was saying, and he's like, I promise you, I, I, it was all ball. <laughs> Um, I think, I think it depends on the player. I think Vaughn, if there's two guys on this team that Vaughn really trusts, I think it's Mikhail and Cam Johnson. I think after those guys, um, I don't know if like if Cam Thomas or Dennis Smith Jr. Go challenge that. I don't know if he's challenging that. You know what I mean? I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, okay. I did, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, that's your guy. Um, I just thought that overall Dinwiddie looked like he didn't want to be there tonight. And he's obviously had games like this where, where it looks like he doesn't want to be here. 
Um, but tonight it was just, it, it was evident to me. There was a backdoor cut that Clay made, I think in the second half and Dinwiddie just watched him walk by. So talk to me about, you know, what you're seeing from Dinwiddie and, and if, is there any chance that Dinwiddie is still on this Nets roster post deadline? He sure. seems to be playing against better teams, teams that might be interested in him at the deadline. Uh, look at those LA games. He played very well. And uh, it's personal at this point. Mark's offered him a shit deal, a shit extension. He didn't like it. He is, you know, he has a family. This is probably his last contract, right? He's not going to get a bigger deal than this one coming up if he's going to get one. And he wanted something fair. He feels disrespected. And that's it. It's, a, it's, it's kind of like a little mutiny. And if there's any chance that he stays in net, it's going to be because they're going to do a sign and trade at the end of the year, which I don't believe happens. No, I, I think this re- you're good. You're good. I think this relationship is beyond salvageable. Uh, it, it, it hurts the team at this point. The fact that he was shooting shots in that fourth quarter and just bricking them while Mikael Bridges wasn't touching the ball, that was a travesty to every single person that watched that game and every single person that paid for a ticket. Um, I do want to quickly talk about Jock Vaughn and what you thought about his performance, but let's go to our comments really quick. We have a few comments hey. we want to read. Shout out to Peoples Hernandez. Come on down. He wrote, trade everybody. Fuck this team. Clax is hot trash. Uh, I'm fucking done with this team. <laughs> this guy's hilarious. So, thank you for, for sharing your thoughts. Uh, we get it. We get the frust- frustration. Um, Brian Harchemek wrote some political stuff about MAGA and Biden and Trump. And that's fun because that's great like for political it. podcasts. We're, we're a basketball podcast. We don't talk much much politics. Um, here we go. And then NY Nets. Shout out to Golden State. We got outplayed. Steph is a legend. Def a legend. It's an honor to watch the core Golden State still strong. Good game. I, I said this to you before the show, Pete. Tonight, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Jonathan Kaminga, and, and a bunch of G-leaguers and young guys, and Kayvon Looney. I don't want to disrespect him. But, but in reality, this Warriors team is not what it once was. They're not going to be a contender down the stretch unless they – make a trade and, and and shake up a ton. But this was absolutely a winnable game tonight. If you're the Brooklyn Nets, it, it, no way around it. Oh, man, I, I just disagree with you with this. They play in, in the hard West. I, I was not in the game today, but uh, I am disappointed with the second half. They're only, I think they're only like four games out of a playoff spot. They're not that trash, but yes, they're not as good as the uh, dynasty days. So I, I digress. Final word, did you have a problem with Vaughn's rotations not going Watford tonight? Absolutely. We already shorthanded. Lonnie got hurt. Ben wasn't playing. It would have been nice to have a little bit, you know, a little fresher legs in there, right? Just a little bit. I don't understand why you can't get him five minutes here or there. It's very confusing why this guy is on the team because it feels like it's a waste. He's not a bad player. He should be playing. I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I would have loved to see him get more minutes, especially instead of Dinwiddie down the stretch. What do you have to lose? Play Watford. He's, you know, you're going to get in a game like today where you could have used the fresh legs. You could have used the energy. You know that Watford's going to give that to you. So why, why not give him a shot? It's not like he's going to be any worse from a, a, con- a contrib- contribution standpoint than Dinwiddie was tonight. And then also I would have liked to see Harry Giles a little bit. I don't know why we signed him Pete. You know, Dayron going down with the injury, 
it should be next man up mentality. You see it happening in Philadelphia. They have Mo Bamba playing. They have Paul Reed playing heavy minutes. I, I um, and then there's one other guy on on Philly. I think I can't. Another veteran. I'm not. I'm not going to get it right now. Lawyer. But um, you know, you you know, I don't like Royce as our as our five. I don't like that small ball lineup. It's never going to work. We're not quick enough. We're not athletic enough. That's not as good of a three point shooting lineup as we think it is play Giles, give him some run again, Giles and Watford should have played, but that's, that's what I have to say about that. Especially it's the front half of a back to back, right? Like what, like what, what's the thought process here? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I'm going to assume Lonnie doesn't play tomorrow. You think that's fair? Oh, absolutely. He's not going to play at all. So the only, right. the only difference is you get Ben Simmons back tomorrow, which is great, but you still only played eight, what, eight guys today with Lonnie, Dennis Smith Jr., Royce, and um, one more guy. Who am I missing? Dennis, uh, Lonnie Walker were the only three guys off the bench tonight. Yeah. So I'd like to see Vaughn go a little bit deeper. I'm sure he will. We're going to probably see some of the G League guys get called Mm -hmm. up tomorrow. Pete, I want to get into, because it's it's happening in a few days, the trade deadline. Whoa. Big whoa, right? Very exciting. Uh, So before the game, yes, had Michael Scotto on for, for a quick, or Mike Scotto. I don't even know if his real name is Michael. And he said a few things that I think Nets fans have known for a minute, but no one had really come out. You know, a lot of this was reported by Shams, reported by Woj. So he had some some sound bites that I want to read you, and and we're going to talk about them. All right. So here was one. And by the way, shout out to Cody Mallory because uh, he had a lot of these quotes on on Twitter. The Brooklyn Nets want to keep Nick Claxton, and they are going to pay him this summer. So number one, Nick Claxton staying, Nets going to pay him. Number two, DeJounte Murray has been in talks with the Brooklyn Nets. Spencer Dinwiddie would be the one to go. Atlanta wants expiring contracts. If the Nets can do it for a protected pick, I think they could would I think they would, meaning the Nets, but obviously the, the rumor is that Atlanta wants at least two first round picks for Murray. So that's the update there. Um and I'll read one more and then I'll stop and we'll break down those three. The third one is big picture. Royce O'Neal and Donovan Mitchell are excellent friends. Meaning even if the Nets don't get Mitchell before the deadline, there is a chance they might try to persuade him to come to Brooklyn, play with his buddy, Mikhail and apparently his, his good friend, Royce O'Neal. So that would be a reason why the Nets wouldn't trade Royce. And that sort of ties into also what the rumors are with the asking price asking price for Royce O'Neal is that it's a bunch of second round picks. So Pete sort of three things there. We have the Nick Claxton thing. We have the DeJounte Murray, Spencer Dinwiddie thing. And then we have the Donovan Mitchell thing. Which one do you want to talk about first? I'll talk about the Donovan Mitchell thing. Uh, so you're telling me if we have a shit team, but have Royce O'Neal on the team, he's going to want to come. I understand he wants to come back to New York. I get that guys. I get that. But let's face it, it's not going to happen this deadline, maybe over the summer. And even then, like, why wouldn't he want to go to the Knicks? I'm sure the Knicks would find a way to figure out him and Brunson. Uh, If Bridges is like your best guy right now to kind of recruit, I know he's a nice guy. I know he's a good player. And is it a good fit? Probably it would be. But imagine the defense with Donovan Mitchell and Cam Thomas. I feel like we'd get run over. 
But basically, you're you're talking about Royce, right? And their friendship. I think that's such bullshit. Unless they're like best friends of all time type shit, the player is gonna go where he wants to go based on where he wants to live, the contract, and probably he wants to win. So if this team is not good, why is he gonna come here? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. If I wanted to, um, you can wait for Donovan Mitchell as as long as you want, but if you stink the rest of the season and the Knicks you know, get to the, the third round, they get to maybe the Eastern conference finals and then they, they lose to the Celtics and you're Donovan Mitchell. And you see, you might be the missing piece to get a championship in New York. You are 100% going to choose that a thousand times over a thousand, despite your friendships with Mikhail Bridges and Royce O'Neal in shitty Brooklyn. In fact, it's that simple, that simple. Um, so I agree with you on that. DeJounte Murray in Atlanta, potentially coming to Brooklyn. So obviously you know, if, if the Hawks want to do Dinwiddie and a first-round pick for Murray, you do that yesterday if you're Brooklyn. But Atlanta wants two first-round picks. So, Pete, do you pull the trigger if you're Brooklyn and give Atlanta two first-round picks for DeJounte Murray? Absolutely. Now, are they going to be the Phoenix picks? No. This is what you'd probably want to do. I've said this maybe 100 times. I'll be very quick with it. You send Dorian Finney-Smith maybe to an OKC. Maybe you get, uh, let's say, a first-rounder and a second-rounder. Most, I think most outlets are saying you can get two first-rounders, but I'm going to keep it cheap, okay? One first-rounder, one second-rounder. Take that in. We'll give it to Atlanta. We'll throw in maybe our Philly pick that's coming up in a couple years. Put in Dinwiddie. Boom, done. But I just feel like, man, if it's so simple – why haven't it? Why hasn't this been done already? That's my issue. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, look, we know that Mark easy, likes, to, likes to. It is too it's easy. Too easy. I, There's something wrong. Marks likes to play it close to the chest. He he likes to be the one in control. Um, but from everything that we've been told, like Royce isn't getting the looks that you know fans thought he would get. Dorian Finney-Smith. I think the Nets don't want to move him for less than than a really highly touted pick and that's a first rounder and that's not what teams around the league are, are looking at i do have the dfs quote here um i wanted to pull that up as well the nets don't want a late first round pick if they are going to even think about parting ways with dorian finney smith they also don't want to pick in this 2024 draft so if they get a pick they want mm. a high a high lottery pick for royce i'm sorry for dorian finney smith and they're not seeing that right now um, so to answer your question, like it's so easy. Why doesn't Mark just pull the trigger? I think he's waiting. I think he's waiting to see if he can get a better deal. Um, I think he's going to wait up until the day or two before the deadline, before he does anything. And if he doesn't do anything, then something needs to happen in that front office because this Nets team is currently constructed, cannot finish out the year. Well, let me say this about Doreen Finney-Smith. He had that great game against Kawhi on defense. You don't think all those Western contenders didn't see that? You don't think that, that they'd say, man, if we're in a playoff series against Kawhi, it would be very, very good to have a guy like a Dorian Finney-Smith playing some defense on this guy. I think there's going to be enough competition that you can get your first two, uh, your what do you call those two first rounders. But when you say something like, oh, the Nets don't want to part with him unless it's for a great pick, that's what you call leverage, my friend. You're not going to go out and just say, yeah, man, I'll take any two first rounders. You're going to say, you know what, guys, I'm sorry. Uh, there's no deal here. 
we need, I want this and exactly this, and uh, I'm willing to wait. And that, that's what it is. It's all leverage. You know this shit. You're smarter than this. No, I'm actually, I'm not smarter than this. Yeah, you, you are. Could you hear me okay? Yeah, it's a little muffled, but you good. Yep, my mic went out, so I'm recording on my headset. Uh, this is the episode of Technical Difficulties, ladies and gentlemen, great. and I apologize. Uh, shout I out really to everybody love... in the chat. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to everyone listening. We appreciate you. Um, Pete, final thing that I read, Nets want to keep Clax. Clax, they're going to pay him in the summer. Right move, or is that a mistake? Uh, I think it's a mistake, but man, this guy's 24 years old. Last year we were just saying he just got snubbed for defensive player of the year, but you kind of look at the roster. You look at what he might get paid. He might get close to a max deal. People in the chat is probably will even say like, man, you really think so? Like, are you fucking crazy? No, his analytics are great. He's 24. How rare is it to get a 24 year old? Like defensive play of the year at center, just come. It never happens. It just does not happen. There's going to be some people that are interested in him. And the fact of the matter is, if you're not going to resign the guy, you have to get whatever you can get right now. And that's it. And that's it. That's all. Uh, that's all she wrote in regards to the trade deadline. So I think we 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 covered everything. Um, do you want to make any predictions? Are there any trades out of left field that might happen? Uh, I think Clax would, I think Clax is going to be traded, but man, there's not a lot of places that a guy or a team like needs a center. And I can't see somebody trading for him just to put him in, like, you know, put him on the bench. So I think the deal involving Clax will be surprising because it's going to be somewhere where you don't expect it. I can I, I get what you're saying. Like um I think I think maybe Clax in Los Angeles might work with Anthony Davis and, and LeBron. I think that would be a cool signing. Um or, or a cool trade if we can get back you know some first from LA. I think Dinwiddie is someone who will absolutely if he doesn't end up in Atlanta, I think Dinwiddie will end up a Laker. I think he he's someone that the Lakers will look at. They'll they'll give us, you know, they'll give they us whatever. Maybe. By the way, they only have one the first Lakers round of trade. Keep that in mind. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So if that's the case, I think they'd want to trade some of the young talent. Uh, they probably wouldn't trade the kid they got this year, but there, there are a few guys on the Lakers roster. I'm thinking Christie. Um, the contracts would have to line up. You'd have to figure it out with Dinwiddie's expiring deal, but I know Dinwiddie's always wanted to play in LA. So if the Lakers wanted to make a move to, to help out LeBron with Gabe Vincent, you know, trying to get back from injury, Dinwiddie is, is a guy who who would make sense, especially, especially for that second unit when D'Lo and, and LeBron are on the bench, I think I think Dinwiddie would be you know good for LA. So we'll see what happens. But I I expect Los Angeles to give us some calls. I expect Atlanta to to keep us in mind and, and don't rule out those teams like a Detroit. You know Detroit was rumored to be looking at at veteran talent. I think I don't know I don't know if Dinwiddie would would hate going back to Detroit and maybe uh, being a ball dominant point guard again. I don't know. I don't know. I I do know one thing. Out of all that I've heard, I you know I don't have quote unquote sources. Sometimes people like to leave stuff in my DMs, and I talk with people. And uh, the one thing that I do know, through talking to people, through my common sense, through whatever you want to call it, it's going to be a major deadline for this franchise. There's going to be fireworks, whether you want draft picks or players, you're going to get some fireworks. 
and it's going to make for a very exciting podcast next episode. I will definitely say that. Wow. What a tease by Pete. So things are going to happen. It's going to be pandemonium. You, you got, you better buckle Absolutely. up, strap in. We're not going to tell you anything yet, but it's going to happen. Um, all right, real fast in the comments, we'll, we'll give, uh, you know, some, some other people, some, some shout outs here. NY Nets, Claxton had less than 15 touches. We lost the game because of lack of defense in the paint. He's referring to the Warriors loss. Clax is definitely doing his job on defense, but he still needs to help. Shout out to NY Nets for that. Um, Cliff writes, I think they should trade Lonnie to Celtics for Peyton Pritchard in a second rounder, but that's just me. I would Pete, take we a don't first. like that trade. I would take a, take first. a first for Lonnie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but not to Boston. I don't care wherever they give, wherever I get a good pick. I don't care. Okay. Uh, Ian Cart writes, why the fuck is the coach playing Dinwiddie? Couldn't Leverage. agree with you more. Couldn't Leverage. agree with you more, Ian. And then uh, Jen Will Bolanderis, this is the last comment we're going to read. He writes, Tobias Korkmaz and Marcus Morris, including picks from Mikhail Bridges and Claxton, would you do it? I would not do it. No. No. Sorry, bro. Okay. All right. Pete, that just about does it for this week's episode. We're not going to go over any other games because the trade deadline is just too damn important. And the Sixers are playing with without Embiid. So even though we spanked their heinies, shout out to uh, Cam Thomas and Mikael Bridges for absolutely playing great in that game. Um, we don't have to talk about that. We don't have to talk about beating, beating the brakes off of Philly because they did not have Embiid. That's fair. So I just want to let you guys know I'm doing a uh, special trade deadline series on my YouTubes for my podcast, NetFans You Know. You can check it out on Twitter, NetFans You Know, YouTube, NetFans You Know. I've done two of three episodes already posted. And, uh, yeah, since you listen to this, go check it out right now. And, Pete, aren't you going to be at the game tomorrow? I am. I'm going to be at the game tomorrow. I'm going to be four rows behind the Nets bench. So I'm going to be on TV. If you see me in this pretty or ugly face, make sure you take a picture and send it to me. No, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, I actually am going to be four rows behind the bench. I'm very interested to see what happens with Kyrie Irving. You think you think he's going to be a boo bird? You think everyone's going to boo his ass? Yes. I agree. I'm going to be booing. Yeah, no, everyone should boo, especially Kyrie, forever. Um, yeah, if you see Pete in on the TV, take a picture at – Nets fans, you know, and at Fireside Nets, shoot us that at. Um, real quick, I will be doing some streams for Bleacher Report over the next few weeks. Starting tomorrow at 12 p.m., I'll be talking about the Brooklyn Nets trade deadline on the Bleacher Report app. So tune in 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thanks to everyone for listening to another edition of Fireside Nets, Ep 185. Again, we apologize for the technical difficulties it happens in this business. Uh, we're, we're a lot more sorry for the Nets' terrible performance against the Warriors than we are for the technical difficulties. Let's hope we bounce back against Dallas tomorrow and get that W. As always, Pete, go Nets. Let's go. We're out.